Welcome to the Good Bad Mad podcast, a show that's here to share the ins and outs of creative careers, connecting the aspirational with the experienced, with your host, me, Meg Ellis. My guest for this episode is the wonderful film director, Sophia Banks. She's an award-winning director whose debut feature, Black Sight, has just wrapped filming in Australia. It stars Jason Clarke, Michelle Monaghan and Jai Courtney. She gives us great insight into her career journey and the transition from commercials to feature work. Hope you enjoy it. Hello. Hello, Sophia. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm not too bad. How are things in London? How's editing going? It's great. It's a very interesting process having um, not been through it before on a feature. You know what I mean? Having done shorts and that sort of stuff. I will definitely say... When you see your first assembly, you uh, uh, it's definitely you're confronted with like, all right, what do I have here? And then um, that moment, uh, which my friends of directors where you're just sort of like, oh, my gosh, what movie have I made? And then really? and then um, and then the last few weeks going through it and then putting back in how you saw the movie is uh, really exhilarating and fantastic. And now I feel like I'm on the road to, um, you know, a good movie, but there's a moment I think when you, you know, are confronted with what you did make and just, you know, until you've got your hands on editing, then, um, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it can be, it's a pretty common thing for first assembly is, is sort of putting in all the coverage as opposed to like the actual cut. So, I think it's a, it's a common thing. How how was the first big shoot? It was amazing and super intense. We only had 26 days to shoot an entire action film. That is short. It's very short. Um, we were supposed to be 30 and then um, we just, uh, we had to, I think for budget, they had to cut um, a few days. So it was very tight and intense but um I had an amazing cast you know Mm -hmm. and we had all prepared and an amazing cinematographer and so we just we just got it done and we were like running and and gunning you know did you feel prepared going into it I I did because I believe in preparation so um I had been working on it effectively. I was attached in July and we shot in January. So six months, yeah, yeah, of preparation. I think you one of the biggest things I learned though, uh, having worked with an, you know, an incredible DP was you prepare as much as you can. You, you know, go to the set, you if you can. We weren't able to rehearse in the sets because our sets weren't ready. So um, but then when you get there, you then have to look at like stand in front of that uh, monitor and look at what the camera is giving you and and see if you feel it and if it works you know what I mean and be prepared to to also go you know what this was a great idea and it's not working at all and then change it you know what I mean but it does help to come in with a plan and and you know I would say 40 or 50% of the time the plan worked and it was great and 40 or 50% I had to scrap it because you have to sort of have that courage to to look at the monitor and go you know what I'm not what I thought Mm. 
it was going to create and the effect and the emotion it's not and kind mm-hmm. of scrapping it, you know? Did you, I mean, did you feel confident in terms of not just directing the movie, but by directing the 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 crew and the set? I've luckily done a lot of commercials. Yeah. And so short films, but I mean, absolutely. I can think back to one of the first times I directed uh you know, commercial and, and short film and had that power. And if you, if you find good people, you know, like, uh, I'll think to like, when I did unregistered, I had, you know, a DP, Paul Cameron, who's lovely, um, who you just go, look, I have some ideas. It's my first movie. So I want your help. Yeah. And, and you embrace the fact that you go, you know what? I, I know some things, I don't know everything. And you surround yourself with people that want to help mm-hmm. that, you know, you'll find that there's amazing people in this industry and they understand that and, and have been in that situation. And so um, I think that's a good way to sort of yeah. go into it rather than like, all right, I have to, you know, tell everyone what to do. So yeah. No, it's great to be able to rely on people for their their experiences. Isn't Absolutely. It? And sometimes, you know, um, we had very experienced, amazing people. And, you you know, you tally that you're like, we have a thousand years of experience here. So so it's great. And that is that is important, too, is to know that you're a first time director and and be fine with not knowing things and asking for help. You know what I mean? You don't have to know it all. So let's let's start right at the beginning yeah. because um, our, our aim at the Good Bad Mad is to really get a picture of the whole journey um, for for people to kind of understand what goes into these careers. It's not just suddenly overnight, ta-da! You're you're a director. <laughs> oh no! So um... where did you start? Did you always know you wanted to go into film? You know, what's so funny is, so I grew up in Australia. Mm-hmm. I can remember at four or five hearing there was a movie set nearby and being desperate to get to the movie set, yeah. trying to get there and loving movies. But because it was so far, um, like now I look back and I realize that's what I always wanted to do. But because it was not an attainable career, nor anything that anybody ever spoke about at my school or anything I didn't realize. But yes, I always had a camera, a photography camera in my hand. I was always watching movies. I was always gathering multiple of people in the playground and trying to direct them in like some sort of like <laughs> play or ensemble and loving, you know, acting and performing and and all that sort of stuff. But it really wasn't um, uh, until I think I was about 18 or 19 um, that I, I think there was a short film festival in Sydney or something, and I acted in a short film. And, I, and, and so I tried to find a film school, and there wasn't really a film school, but at Sydney University they had a course on uh, directing and I was sitting there and I was watching The Godfather and I remember thinking, okay, in, in class yeah. and thinking, all right, this is what I want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was at 19 or 20 mm-hmm. uh, years old. It then took me another 10 years to get into the industry because at that point, um, 
I tried to get, you know, work and, and climb my way up and was basically, you know, told to go into the more female department. So I ended up in costume design and wardrobe because, right. you know, getting into camera operating and, and that sort of stuff was just not really an option and wasn't somewhere that I felt like I could make, you know, support myself as well. So I ended up coming to America, getting into that department, working, um, dressing, you know, doing like big commercials on celebrities and costume and movies, and then using those fashion contacts to get across into commercials and then into movies. So you know, yeah, long journey. There is no such thing as an overnight success. No, no. And I think um, just always, you know, being persistent and, and I love learning. I'm still always asking questions and, and trying to do that sort of stuff. And I think you just have to go for it, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I always think in terms of directors, but also producers, I think it's really handy to have experience in different departments so you can really kind of respect what they do and understand what goes into it yeah no it's very helpful did you enjoy the fashion element I've always loved design I'm a very visual storyteller um I always loved architecture fashion design and again um so you know I learned how to design clothes and do that sort of stuff so it all ties in to visually creating a frame so it's been very useful I then um, have directed tons of fashion commercials and being able to bring in the element um, a lot of the times I'll get hired in commercials is because even if it's you know a car or a different product they want you know the people to look cool and feel cool and have a cool element I did that girls skateboarding yeah I don't know if you've ever seen that but that was sort of one of the first girls skateboarding like female empowerment thing and yeah it was awesome. went viral and influenced you know which then we saw a ton of um skateboarding things later so um it, it's been very helpful and I think you know some of my favorite directors like Hitchcock and those sort of directors you look at those frames and you you see the influence of the the wardrobe and the production design on on the storytelling so I think it's very useful to to have had that do you, do you rely quite heavily on on um past work of directors in terms of piecing together what you might like a, a commercial or a, or a film to look like considering that you can't learn how to direct until you direct mm -hmm. one of the other best ways to learn what the language of cinema is right is is to study director's work I mean there is a language of cinema and you know different elements whether you look at French cinema or English English American storytelling cinema there is a reason you know, if you really look at some of the great directors, mm -hmm. the close up is that it, it, it's a language, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like how poetry is a language, you know, mm -hmm. when to use a close up, when to use a medium shot, when to use a wide shot and, and how uh, to look at things that emotionally impact you and then look at the choice of framing and lighting and everything else to, to understand that. So I, I think that that is a very, very important element for directors to study break down films look at how they're edited um and understand them but i think then you want to take that in like a language and then write your own kind mm -hmm. of story if that makes but, sense 
yeah no it's almost you've got this um oh what's the word theoretical elements yes to begin with you pull it apart da, da, da. but then it that theory needs to turn to instinct yeah but there is a language there and if you if you can observe successful tools you are i mean i'm interested in creating an emotional impact on an audience i want people to you know it depends on the movie but i am interested in in an audience, in communicating to an audience and entertaining an audience. And therefore um, there are tools that uh, one can use. For example, Hitchcock was the master of suspense. Mm -hmm. So if you want to understand how to put an audience on the edge of the seat mm -hmm. and, and make that, you know, and he'll, he, he is the master of that. So mm -hmm. that is like, and that is through his choice of, um, shots lenses lighting and um editing you know so i think it is it's an important thing to to look at especially seeing um you know it's not you know it's practical experience mm. directing is is not as easy it's not like you know i mean you can go out and edit and cut your own short films but you you want to try and go into a movie knowing as much as you can you know yeah yeah so so you were in commercials what what prompted the move to short films? I mean, I was always going for features. So yeah. I went into commercials having looked at Ridley Scott, Fincher, Tony Scott, mm -hmm. um, different directors, and seeing that it was a very successful way to cross across. So mm -hmm. that was the intention. And um, I'd also knew that I wanted to go into big, budget action sci-fi yeah. um, movies and so having looked at Neil Blomkart with District 9 and a few other directors that had basically done a more expensive short because I basically I chose it's really that I could have done an independent feature yeah but really what I was interested in is was you know big budget yeah um, you like, like action movies so I was like all right well I, I can do 15 or 12 minutes of that and show um, I wanted to show. And if you've watched unregistered, you could see that it could feel like it was part of a $30 million movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Same with proxy. Yes. So that was, that was like, okay, good. Where do I want to go and how can I show those skills? So that was just because for what I want to do as an artist is, those bigger type of movies. So that was just, that was the way. And also I think it's good to look at how others have got there. And I did look at who, what directors have been given big movies and they had done, um, mm. you know, smaller shorts. So this was, this was a very deliberate pathway that you set for yourself. It yeah. wasn't, oh, I've got this story in my head. Um, I feel like I could do this and, and, maybe chuck it to a few festivals it was no these are the skills that I want to demonstrate in order to get me here well it's both sides right so you have the like I mean I'm gonna make a short film and then as an artist you know I have I mean right now I probably have four or five stories that I'm desperate to tell right so you you have so that's the the mathematical analytical side of like all right well there's where do I want to go 
what type of director do I want to be? You know, yeah. like from a career, if you're giving someone career advice, what type of director do you want to do? Look at how they got there, right? So that's that side. Then as a as an artist and a storyteller, I mean, the whole reason I'm a director is because I want to communicate ideas and thoughts to, to millions of people. So, so the story of Unregistered, you know, I had a grandmother that, you know, survived and went through the Holocaust. It was a comment on um, the one child policy in China and totalitarian governments and, and things that, you know, um, I had observed and wanted to say about society. So, so that, that, that happened. And I would say, I probably have three scripts going on my computer right now of things that I'm like, I have to tell that to, to people. So you just combine those and I'm registered will become a, a movie. It was always, I want to make this movie. Yeah. And then it was like, all right, well, I can't afford to make this movie. So what I can do is do a proof of concept and then, mm -hmm. and then later on get the money to make the movie. So, so you know, there's the, there's the analytical career side. And then there's like the, the burning kind of storytelling reason as an artist, which is, which is the whole reason that I'm a director. Did you used to just um, listening to the kind of stories and genres that you're interested in? Were, were you a big reader when you were young? of like Orwell and my favorite writer of all time. Yeah. Is Orwell. Yeah. 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 In fact, I reread um uh 1984 animal farm like two months ago and and i'm reading right now we which is the russian book that orwell read wrote um read before he read wrote 1984 i'm like a huge i'm a huge british that's mm -hmm. my that's my father's british side uh i'm big shakespeare fan too and um british yeah. british literature but i love george orwell so yeah I love I love the complexity of Orwell because it's not just um I mean it could it could have so easily been almost a YA anti-totalitarian story, but it's so complex in the way that you end up feeling about these characters. I love that complexity. Me too. Winston. I love Winston. Right? Uh, yeah. Oh, I hated him. Hated him. <laughs> I know, I know you, you, but then you feel for him. So I, I love that. I love, you know, um, I love Monty Python. I love Brazil. I love, you know what I mean? The English yeah. complexity and stuff, but yes, no, I'm a big fan and Fahrenheit 451 and a lot of science fiction. No, I love it. I love, I love the ambition behind it, despite there being so few female directors in those areas. No, I know you just, you know, if you have a blind self-confidence and belief in you, just, you will make it mm. if you don't give up and yeah. you just keep going and keep going and keep going. And, and eventually, you know, like just relentless persistence really. And you just go there, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. You mentioned in, in your late teens that you felt there was this barrier there um, in terms of not having the confidence to go into being a female DP or director. But do you still feel that resistance now or do you feel like the doors have opened a bit more? The doors have opened, I will okay. say. The doors have, I, I feel like, have opened in the last few years. And I think, 
you know, if I could have said something to myself then was just go do it. You know, if people ask me, what should I do if I want to be a director? I'm like, you know, get your iPhone, go make a movie, edit it together on iMovie. Mm. It may be terrible, but I'll tell you number 10 mm. and will be way better than number one. And, and then you can submit stuff to festivals. And, and that is something that is easy to do. So if I could have said to myself, fine, you know, you, you know, you can't necessarily get a job and that sort of stuff, but you could, I could have done that in the weekend and grab two friends and, mm. and, and do that. And that is a very accessible, easy thing to do um, that, you know, mm. you can, one can do to, to move forward. So you've made three short films, is that right? Two short films. Well, the skateboarding, oh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, 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 three, yeah. So we'll say three. Um, how how important were festivals in pushing you towards the role that you're currently in? I think they're great because basically what I would do is, an, and I would say like relentless promotion and hounding people to, in a nice friendly way, was you can submit on those websites like Film Free, you know what I mean? And and I was able to say, okay, good. The short film, the skateboarding one was like nominated for, or I don't, I don't know, it was a lot like 50 awards or, or that sort of stuff. So it's great. And, and in the beginning, um, just trying to think, we got into Holly Shorts and then Tribeca for Unregistered. And so going to those festivals, great. You know what I mean? Like the local the ones I could drive to or go to, mm -hmm. it's great because it's just, you gotta, it is a relationship business. You gotta network and chat to people and meet people. And, you know, if you're a director, you may meet writers and all mm -hmm. that stuff. So it's great to basically do that. You know, if I was living in London, I may not fly to America. I went to, I remember I went to like Newport beach. I went to events and things that I could because, mm -hmm. um, you just, you know, you have to get yourself out there. Hundred percent. So when when did Blacksite become more than a possibility? You know, it happened actually. So during COVID last year, in July, suddenly after, you know, not suddenly, I mean, I'd been working on pitching at movies, I'd signed with CAA before. Mm -hmm love my agents um and we've been pitching on various movies and one movie almost happened and that sort of stuff and then three movies happened at that time so there was one this one another action thriller and then another kind of sci-fi 60 million dollar movie that I'm, I'm gonna go on to next all happened together mm -hmm. but what I what I'd done is during COVID is um one of the things I just decided to do was like I was like great give me every script to read and I would read scripts and put together kind of these books that would pitch like my idea of right. what I wanted to do for a movie um and so that happened in July last year and so then Black Sight was like great we want to go we're ready to go in Australia and so that one just started to happen so with with these potential um scripts your is is your agent hooking you up with them yeah my agent will send me um material 
um, of scripts that are looking for, it's called like an open directing assignment. So mm-hmm. looking for directors and stuff like that. But before I had an agent, um, if you're looking for material, there's things like the blacklist, if you've heard of the blacklist. Mm-hmm. So I was actively looking, I mean, there are writers out there with scripts, you know, yeah. so yeah, you can, you just got to, that's what was the other great thing about going to festivals was meeting with people. Yeah. So, so you get this, um, what, what did you call it? Open directors? Like assignment. Like assignment. A, yeah. And do they, do they expect you to do these, these lookbooks? No. So that's, that's, that's what you do to kind of stand out from the crowd. Absolutely. I am all about over delivering, over delivering on a commercial. I show up and I'm like, great. What am I going to do? That's going to, I'm going to deliver on time. I'm going to rehearse. Like, how can I do the most that one would expect of me so that, Mm -hmm. so that the client, by the time they're done with the commercial was like, wow. Okay. Like she, you know what I mean? Like go, I go over and above because that, that's, you know, that's sort of what I want to do. And I want to feel like, all right, they're paying me. I'm going to, I'm going to give them everything more. (laughs) Yeah. And so if I felt passionate about something, I, thought you know I would make this lookbook and put my ideas in films and it would take me like a week and I'd send it off and I just was like you know what I'm gonna show it shows a work ethic and that you're willing to do something and yeah I probably made 40 or 50 of those books last year what what goes into a lookbook so this is my version of it I'm sure people have other versions it I use uh images from movies like to show it's my concept of what the movie would look like so it'll have other images and it'll have different sections about like this is a style of cinematography and wardrobe or just my pitch on how I would shoot that movie does it does it include actor suggestions and location suggestions that kind of thing yeah yeah sometimes just depending on like if you read a script and you're like, all right, it's so clear to me that this is the type of person mm-hmm. that would be in it. But it's sort of like you read a script and then it's just your version of what you feel like that movie yeah. would be. Yeah. And and with those, you signed up for three three deals, essentially. Yes. How exciting. Yeah, so that was great. So um, are you just booked solid then for the next like five years? No, 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 no. One, I'm not going to do any more because I did Black Sight. So I'm I'm on to this next project. So I'm booked for like another year. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, or so. So, and then we just sold uh, Proxy to turn into a TV show that we'll be doing an announcement about. So it's great. That's so exciting for yeah. you. Congratulations. Thank you. Hundred percent. It sounds like a lot of hard work is paying off for me. <laughs> that is true. I definitely work hard. You know what I mean? And yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's like uh, I think during Black Sight from January till the time it was done, I probably slept four hours a night and worked mm-hmm. like twenty hours a day. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love I love it when you get in those zones. You just feel too. you don't feel tired. I don't think you just no. Yeah, you just like keep going. Then you collapse afterwards for five yeah. minutes. Yeah. So you get you get the offer to be director of this movie. Yeah. I mean, you've gone at it so head on. Like you're not just doing a um indie drama, you know, you're doing a full-on action movie. 
<laughs> and there were days that I was like, wow, this is definitely a lot. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I definitely, as a human being, like to go at things head on. Mm -hmm. I did go before I went and shot this movie. I went and did like some martial art training. I did tactical training, gun training, that sort of stuff, because I, I was like, all right, well, I want to make sure I know how to direct that sort of stuff. But yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. I feel like any movie that someone takes on, you know, fine, there's action, I have stunt sequences, but you know, a movie in a house with four people and yeah. trying to keep that emotion and drama up as is different sort of challenges. Mm. I think anyone who makes a movie at all should, you know, celebrate at making it through. It's definitely a, a whole endeavor, you know what I mean? And um, all movies have challenges and it's great, you know, we need mm. we want people making movies. So I think, oh, I think they all have their own challenges. When do you think we'll get to see this one? This one is due out next year. So, um, cinemas? Uh, I mean, theatrical release probably for the States. Again, just, you know, COVID depending, but uh, yeah. Oh, what a feeling that would be. I know. I went to many movies. Australia is pretty COVID free. So, when I arrived there in November, yeah. The first thing my daughter and I did was go and see. We saw, we went to the movie theaters eight days in a row. We saw everything that was playing. Every, we'd go out, go in the sun, and we had to do two weeks quarantine. So we'd be out and about. And then at like 4.30, we'd be like, we'd say, all right, we're going to go see a movie. I love that. I'm so waiting for them to open. I don't even care what I go see. I just want to go see. That's, that's exactly how we were because they weren't that many new movies. They were playing a bunch of movies and we're like, great, we're happy. Let's do it, you know? What qualities would you say are essential to doing what you do? Uh, I think the number one thing would be communication, the ability to communicate, because essentially, um, and probably leadership, but essentially you have to communicate what you have in your head to other people, uh, your a vision, you know what I mean? And clear communication to each department is, is what's going to get people on board. Mm -hmm. um, a producer friend of mine once told me the most important thing is to make sure that everyone is making the same movie. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's really important. Um, communication with actors. Um, and I think the ability to communicate and deal with all different types of people mm. um at the end of the day that's really the thing that can solve issues and, and that sort of stuff so I think I think being a good communicator working on your communication skills making sure you're clear clearly communicating your ideas many many times to many people yeah. um, is really important and then I think leadership skills being willing to lead and not lead with an iron, you know, like it has to be this way, but, but listen and, and lead, but wanting to, to direct people towards a goal, because that's essentially what you're doing. So those, those two skills, I think mm -hmm. um, are really important, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. I think you just need to enjoy it as well. Definitely. You have to remind yourself to have a good time. That's for sure. Because obviously it is stressful, especially when you're shooting, you know, with such a limited time and you're like, I got to make my day and that sort of stuff is you have to remind yourself to, to have fun every day. One last question for you. Yeah. 
to tie it tie it all together what are the good bad and mad things about what you do the good things are in my mind you get to make a movie and i have to say i love movies i love being on set I always say it's a pack of gypsies, you know what I mean? Like it's the type of people that for hundreds of years have been running around and creating and you get to make something um, and create, you know what I mean? So the the good, um, I think that the bad would be, it's just so intense when you're doing it, you know what I mean? And so I think that, and you, you, you can turn, you have to learn to turn the bad. This is a good lesson I learned. Mm -hmm. Things go wrong and you have to learn to turn the bad into an opportunity. So it's like, all right, you show up to a location, you can't shoot there. So it's like, and you'll hear about this, you know, from directors all the time. And then suddenly, you know, they couldn't shoot in a location. They go outside and there's beautiful sunlight and they get the shot that makes the movie. Yeah. I think the key is turning the bad. And then um, the ugly is probably just <laughs> the long hours yeah. <laughs> and relentless, like, all right, we're, we're here and, and going through, you know? So, um, but, but I think the key the key that I learned during this film and, and being a control freak as probably many directors are, right? Because yeah. you have to control stuff is you to embrace the chaos and, and know that things may not go according to plan and use that to create something better, right? Yeah. Sophia, thank you so, so much. Thank you too. It was so great to talk to you. No, likewise, likewise. And really good luck with, the rest of the editing and oh thank you so much i'm off there now yeah good luck and I, ca I can't wait to see what you do next thank you thank you for listening to this episode of the good bad mad podcast please subscribe to check out the next episode or leave a review if you liked it you can find us on instagram at goodbadmad or at goodbadmad.com for additional resources and information see you next time